Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Nerdy Show Comic Show. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Aaron. And I'm Adam. And we're going to be talking to you about comic books. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but uh, we're doing one now. So. Yeah, we do this stuff like, and we don't record it. You know, we just talk comics on Tuesday mornings. And, In our sleep. And we don't really record it. So yeah, maybe we should, just, sorry. we should just set up like a, a <laughs> camera and, and a feed and just, just do that instead. Oh yeah, real world of comic shop, Tuesday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we're going to have an interview with Shane Davis, the artist for Superman Earth 1, Volumes 1 and 2, and uh, the guy who drew... Aaron getting killed by Parasite, and also uh, yeah. Triforce Mike's first comic book appearance, and probably his off-panel demise. Well, we don't know. I mean, he, he chose a better hiding place than me. I hid behind a comic. He hid behind the <laughs> register. So True. Yeah. Maybe but Parallax Parasite. Com- Commerce saves. Sorry, not Parallax. Parasite. Parasite was hungry, guys. <laughs> I might have satiated him. <laughs> I'm, I'm a robust dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be talking to him. Walt's going to be talking about what's new in comics, uh, what we like that's out right now, and other shit about comics that we like, or maybe that we don't like. So the biggest thing happening right now probably is Marvel's own relaunch, Marvel Now, which is a very, very different beast from DC's New 52. A lot better informed, it seems, and uh, a lot more chill, which is good. Yeah, I mean, they they switched up the creative teams of almost everything. Things are getting new, new number ones as they go. They've let the existing stories kind of wind down organically. And um, that's been good, uh, where DC had, like, very abrupt endings, like, this is over, you're done, everything has to launch at the same time. Mm. This Marvel stuff's been pretty good. I mean, unlike you guys, I've read the next two weeks of stuff on the Marvel retailer site, and there's a lot of good stuff. Thor by Jason Aaron is epic, and it flash-forward a lot to Thor as uh, Thor Odin's son, and he's um, missing an arm and missing an eye, and, and it's just badass. <laughs> I don't know. Like, And he has the big beard, too, which is what Whoa. I... When I heard Jason Aaron was uh, on Aaron's Thor, I, beard, yeah. I text him, I was like, dude, Thor better have a beard again, because <laughs> Jason Aaron has a big burly beard. So Sweet. Um, Uncanny Avengers, I like, but the second issue still hasn't come out, and... Uh, It'll yeah. be out in two more weeks. Hey, the third issue just got delayed the, as well. There, there will be no Uh-oh. Uncanny Avengers in December. None. So this is their flagship Marvel Now title. And, you know, the joke is it's Marvel Now and Later. Now and Later. Because, you know, a lot of them are going to be later and not now. But <laughs> I, I really did enjoy. Um, I like Rick Remender. I enjoyed Uncanny Avengers. I like what uh, they're yeah, doing there. I, I liked issue one. For everybody who's anybody who's behind on, say, comic stuff in general, Uncanny Avengers is one of several direct repercussions of the A versus X storyline, which saw the return of the Phoenix, Scott basically going all Magneto in a way <laughs> uh, for the betterment of mutant kind, leading to the creation of mutants um, being born once again. <laughs> Marvel finally saying, hey, why aren't X-Men in the rest of the Marvel Universe more than just this kind of pocket that we dip into every now and then? Very true. Right. And if Captain America is this great patriot who is this great egalitarian dude that's just, you know, beyond reproach in his just amazing fairness, <laughs> why, why has he not stepped in and uh, told the American public to chill out a little bit on this mutant hatred, you know, like done some PSAs or, or done something <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? And uh, he got called out on that directly, and... Um, what he chose to do was to get um, Scott's brother, uh, Alex Havoc, to be mm. the new spokesperson for mutants because he is blonde and blue-eyed and just so clean-cut and a nice government man. I mean, yeah. he used uh, words that were kind of, you know, a little bit racist. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like he chose Bishop to, to be the face of mutants. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. It's like going from JFK to Robert Kennedy, you know, go for the brother, you know. 
Yeah, Paul's yeah, boy. Works. And Get him uh, up there. In A versus X consequences, we've seen some serious shit go down. Uh, not only did Scott sort of take a Magneto esque slant in the way he was running things, despite, of course, being possessed by the Phoenix Force and doing something regrettable. Spoiler alert: killing Charles Xavier, which is like his surrogate father. Yeah, yeah. Who's died before, but maybe for real this time. Well, this time uh, had the most emotional impact. I mean, easily. Of you know, I'm not saying as a fan emotional because you've seen him die before, but mm-hmm. on the page, you know. Yeah. being killed by Cyclops is like that was a whoa. consequence yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so now um, Cycl- most recently Cyclops uh, staged a getaway with uh, Magneto and Danger the physical manifestation of the Danger Room and also weirdly enough uh, Colossus's sister Magic <laughs> yeah I <laughs> which like I still her. don't quite get honestly <laughs> she's Miss Rasputin if you're nasty <laughs> well I like her yeah the whole Marvel now you got the the thing with the mutants that are kind of co-opted that are part of the Avengers that are part of the public face and then you have the ones that are pushed off to the side and after reading Consequences 5 and then I guess I've already read all new X-Men number 1 which you guys yeah, haven't see, you know it, more. I'm sorry but it feels I'm not spoiling anything but it feels like Cyclops and his cadre are like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants I mean they don't call themselves that they don't see themselves as evil but in the um, spectrum of what these guys are doing and what those mutants are doing these are the evil mutants. They're, they're the evil mutants. It's kind of badass. Yeah. <laughs> so Marvel Now books, they're they're not like DC's. This is a starting point. We're really vague about what our continuity is. You don't know what's right and what's wrong. This is like if you, if you read the books before, you'll still enjoy what's going on. They haven't changed a damn thing. They're just moving forward. And if you would like to check out Marvel books since they're really quite good, issue one for everybody and a good jumping on place. Even It's got all the, the you know, complicated and sometimes convoluted continuity that comes behind it, but you don't have to worry about that. That's that's a secondary concern for you, and if you want to dig that hole, you can. Right. I like that it's there if they want it, and they don't need it, you know, if it's if they don't. Whereas DC, it's like, well, some of the past stuff is still there, and some isn't, and we're not really telling you what is and isn't. And we're blah, not really blah, telling blah. the creators what is and isn't either. But um, I had a specific question from someone that always wanted to get into Deadpool, and they're like, oh, they, they decided to get into Deadpool, but should they start with this issue one by Brian Posehn, or will it spoil stuff of the Daniel Way run, because they did want to read the Daniel Way run, and I just said... To buy volume one of Daniel Way's run and buy issue one of Pro Sane, they're not going to spoil each other. You yeah. know, it doesn't negate it, but they're both really, really fun and good, and you'll enjoy yourself. And how does Marvel pull this off? So there's some cool nerd cred. Brian Poussain, uh writing for Deadpool. Didn't see that one coming. I mean, the guy is known as one of the nerdier uh, stand-up comedians in the business. Boom, Deadpool. If anybody had to replace Daniel Way, um, it was a surprise like that. that right. could, only that could have won me over, you know? He's good friends with Rick Remender. Um, he co-wrote that uh, Last Christmas that Rick Remender drew back I didn't realize years he co-wrote la- Last Christmas. Yeah, That's so, cool. um, you know, they have they have a history together. They're, they're I, friends. I thought so. he just, like, given Remender jobs. yeah deadpool was a lot of fun Uh, i've already read issue two and that was really good but um that was marvel now other than the scheduling problems and other than for me as a retailer which might translate to fan frustration some weeks there's no ones and and then like next week there's four number ones and the week after that there's four number ones and there's a week with none (laughs) you know it's like they could have balanced it a little bit you know not Um, a good start because when they were solicited, they weren't solicited like that. They were solicited mm. more even flow. But with Marvel, you know, oh, the the artist is done. All right, get it out, get it out. Get well, it out, get but it out. at the same time, it's it, it's a kind of an awkward thing in the in the periodical form. But in the long run, I think it's probably better because 
they're not compromising the art or story of any of their books. They're just letting it happen. Unlike uh, with some of the New 52 where the collections have rewritten parts uh. because they rush the issues so much. Yeah. This and is a fact. like, oh, three artists in a book. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. No, like they rewrote the dialogue and the narration of Teen Titans. They really did really? in the collection. They did to make it so Red Robin was never Robin. Uh. And then they did it for... Um, <laughs> Wait, really? That's yes, a thing? Yes, and they did it for uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws to make it so that... That's not there cool! Was, <laughs> there was no previous incarnation of the Teen Titans, which was right, they right. mentioned in that one. I remember so, that. Uh, I mean, it's both Rob, um, Lobdale, Scott Lobdale. That's frustrating stuff, shit. So. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. I well, mean, hey, speaking of uh, DC stuff, surprise news, uh, the cancellation of John Constantine Hellblazer. Yeah, that was the biggest. 300 issues, though, is, is pretty in, insane. Yeah, um, that was the longest-running Vertigo book, right? Oh, easily. Easily. It's one of the longest-running comics. I yeah. Mean, if you did, like... Yeah, the the Hellblazer... I mean, I've read all of it, and, and the coolest thing about it was during um, Garth Ennis' run when I was in high school, like, back in 94, uh, they had his 40th birthday on panel. Like, they had a whole issue of his 40th birthday, and they just had this crazy idea to age him in real time from there. Mm. So, John Constantine has aged in real time from there, so, like, he's 50-something years old, and... Um, and, and he's he, clearly not that in... No, the not at all. DC New Fifty Two. The New Fifty Two is more like an ultimate John Constantine, right? You know, like he's, I like him, and he's cool, and he's Constantine in his prime, hmm. and you know he he has a similar backstory. Maybe I mean they haven't really gone. They into haven't it. really gone into it. In, in the Zero issue, they had some of it. They showed where he got his trench coat, <laughs> but um, you <laughs> know, was he a member of a punk rock band? Uh, probably. Question. I mean, there's the problem with John Constantine Hellblazer was it doesn't sell that well, and it's such a nuanced complicated character that it needs really solid writers and i imagine those they can command much bigger paydays on you know marvel and dc books so yeah i don't know but i really like the hellblazer run i think it's it's really solid i'm sad to see it go if they don't kill him in the end which i think that's the best send-off they could do is kill him in the end because magic has a price and why not if not you know they could do original hardcovers or mini series here and there in, in vertigo they've done constantine original hardcovers in the past but you heard about the the dc universe one right Mm-mm. you didn't hear about that which what you got uh constantine ongoing series oh, written, yeah, written by rob Vendetti. Oh fuck! That's Vendetti. awesome. That's great. Right. I had no idea. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yes. no, he's that's launching in uh, March, right? Mm-hmm. Or February? Yeah, no, that's they're saving grace. That's it was in the same announcement that they're canceling it. Right, and what what he said was, um, he's going to have the same characterization, the same backstory, the same stuff as Just League Dark, but since it's a solo book, they can get into him more. And he said he'll have the same depth and the same weightiness of the Vertigo stuff. Man, he he is in he's like one of the all stars of the new DC universe. He is in everything. He's an amethyst. He's or or swords of sorcery or whatever it's called mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. Um, and you know Justice League Dark and uh, showing up in Swamp Thing whenever he feels like and it. Animal Man, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, speaking of, how about that uh, that Rot World stuff you noticed, Darren? That was badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, just flipping through it Tuesday morning as soon as it got out of the box, uh, instantly I was like, because I said that with the issue thirteen, and I was like, ah, it's funny. He's fighting Hawkman, and Hawkman was written by um, Liefeld, <laughs> and he's all rotted. Like Liefeld ruined the character when he started writing it 
And then, you know, that was just a little, that's a coincidence, right? Yeah, so it, you know, because like, he's yeah. an animal fighting a hawk. I, I guess and, to understand this drama, if you if you don't know about it, we got to go to basically Rob Liefeld has been going crazy on Twitter lately oh, and running his God. mouth on a lot of things and picking fights with Scott Snyder, who's, you know, a nice guy and, and a good writer. And he gives a hand up to a lot of other people. He helps other people out all the time. Yeah. Other writers and whatnot. So, so, so And artists too. Becky Cloonan. I mean, he's a great, mm. great guy helping out solid people. And, and, and Liefeld starts some shit with him inexplicably, talking bad about him, posting public uh, personal tweets between them and, and everything. So then in, uh, in Animal Man... <laughs> <laughs> Number 14 comes out, and it's no longer a coincidence that Animal Man fought a rotted hawk man because he's like an animal totem and a hawk. Nope, he's fighting <laughs> Grifter and uh, Deathstroke and Hawk and, and, Dove. Hawk and Dove. That's fantastic. Are, those are the only characters that Liefeld touched in the new 52 no longer Rotted coincidence out. basically <laughs> anton arcane is just a pseudonym for rob liefeld <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's that was some really badass stuff and the dark corner of the dc universe is solid and i'm glad they're getting another book and constantly getting that book is great you know that's by vendetti is even better Vendetti's solid, man. The he's EXO. not EXO Manor. I was about to say he's knocking out of the park with that for Valiant and yeah, Vendetti's the uh, the author of the Surrogates, um, which is oh, yeah. much better than the film. If, oh uh, yeah, infinitely different read the comic. Yeah, the comic is similar to Watchmen in the amount of um, extras, extra mixed media stuff that he puts between the issues and everything, and and, and has this dense storytelling because of that. I mean, it was it was really good. I remember reading that first issue. Uh, at a DMV <laughs> waiting and I was just oh my god I'm so happy all this extra supplemental <laughs> materials in here because I had to wait a long time <laughs> but he's, he's he's good he's a good guy alright so now we're going to cut to a song and when we come back we'll play our interview with Shane Davis the artist of Superman Earth 1 right now we got It Must Use Force the Kevin Vileko dubstep edit Wait for the drop. Some bad, yeah. Some background on this song. Uh, not so very long ago, um, awesome nerd music artist Benjamin Britt released a four-track EP called Four Songs, and this Halloween it came back from the dead as Four Songs Living Dead EP with remixes. This is Kevin Vileko having some fun with the track. It must use force. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Adam and I are here talking to Shane Davis, artist for Superman, Earth One, <laughs> books one and two. Yeah, yeah, it's one and two. Yeah. Uh, tell me this, are you considered the series artist for it? Like, are you on this book indefinitely? You know, uh, I w- it was actually one at a time. There was never really plans of two when we did one, and uh, there was never really plans of, uh, like, a three's never really been mentioned. So, you know, I'm actually working on a couple other projects at the moment. A uh, book I'm doing right now with Mark Way called Shadow Walk for Legendary. So that's uh, the project I'm halfway into now, so... Is that an original graphic novel? Or is it yeah, serious? no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I should have entered it. You know, did that a little bit different. No, it's an original graphic novel with uh, Max Brooks from uh, World War Z and Mark Wade and myself, and it's a pretty high concept type springboard piece. You know, where uh, you know Max kind of had an outline for the for the basis of the book and uh, some characters, and then he kind of stepped off, and then me and Wade kind of developed a lot of the world building of it and you know from there so you know and it's actually been very collaborative like more so where wade's uh it's kind of like marvel old school marvel type stuff a lot of well what do you think well, what do i think and then kind of uh, wade's been very collaborative more so than any other project i've worked with so there's a lot of a lot of me and uh, a lot of the visuals and characters even so it's 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 a kind of a jam piece in a way the max max brooks is kind of the weird guy <laughs> like and he's a really great guy a cool guy i got a chance to meet him in san diego but he uh seemed like he was really just he wanted to set a basis for all the characters and then just step off and it's very slim it's like you know like he didn't really want to write the comic for us he wanted us to take his ideas and try to base it and get it more fluid and stuff. So Interesting. It's, it's a, and I've never seen a book put together this way, you know. And, and every time I have a meeting, I'm sweating bullets at, <laughs> you know, this this guy. It's you know, billionaire movie guy is gonna tell me like, why'd you draw it this way? And he's like, no, nah, man, it's cool. You know, I'm blowing people's 
bugs crawling inside your heads and intestines falling out and stuff. And he's like, it's cool. That's right. But one thing with Legendary is where they're doing the original graphic novels, it's pretty badass. What you did with, with Earth 1. And, yeah. You know, so are you just like deathly afraid of like a monthly deadline or? No. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, nobody's really a monthly guy in comics right. really uh, anymore. Uh, so the when they say that, it basically means like, hey, can you just stay on a schedule and everybody coordinate right and your stuff come out on time? I actually never had a book misship all my years at DC. Um, talking, going back to Superman, Batman, Mysteries in Space. You know, only time I left Mysteries in Space was to go fill in on uh, Justice League with uh, the Lightning Saga with Meltzer and um, Jeff Johns crossing over JSA and that. I mean, with the Lightning Saga, that was the only time I ever shifted from one book and probably missed an issue of a book to go just because they the sales on that were so high they needed me there i mean so anyways the deadline thing no i'm not i'm not afraid of that it just seems like everybody uh i guess if you're successful at something people kind of just want you to keep doing what you're successful at i like that um head of the john the baptist stuff i hadn't seen that since invisibles that was pretty awesome yeah what are you talking about right now Uh, or a shadow walk yeah yeah no (laughs) uh, it was on the promo to shadow walk uh head in the jar and uh aaron was smart enough to put together that was head the the head of john the baptist because the priest was holding yeah he was decapitated before the jihadists made it cool I mean, it was like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what's weird is as I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, and I never knew John the Baptist that were named after, or, you know, and the Baptist, he, he got decapitated, and and, I, and I'm like, all like, but mom, mom, did you know this? Why didn't anybody tell me this in Bible school? Oh, my God. You know, like, so it was kind of mortifying for me, actually. Like, you know, I, I grew up as a Southern, not, not, not like in a bad Southern Baptist. I mean, there's Southern Baptists that wear bed sheets i wasn't one of those yeah, but the, the snake <laughs> but i was yeah yeah dancing with snakes no nah, no nah, I, I was just like you know normal you know southern i was just i, I was baptist not southern baptist i was baptist but anyways i had no idea about that so i, I was actually like wow and i'm looking this up and i'm like wow who's this why'd that bitch do that you know it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's got i mean I, I i didn't think anybody was ever going to top eve you know until what was her name? Like, I uh, remember. Yeah, yeah. It's like it swept under a rug. Nobody ever really talks about it. Yeah. I mean, it's Graham like... Graham Morrison did. It was in Invisibles. Yeah. They found the head of John the Baptist. Uh, it was this uh, Arcadia story arc. And uh, he was supposed to give them some type of, like, enlightenment or some type of direction. And he was on a record player. And he was talking. All he was saying was, you spin me right round, baby, right round. <laughs> what's, Invisible's awesome. <laughs> well, what's funny is he's actually, he does give direction to him. He's like the compass. That's so, awesome. So he, it does serve a purpose. It's not in there just to be in it's there. It's a cool so. visual, though. Yeah, yeah. It's actually more of a character in the book because he's always hanging around. Well, let, let's talk about storyline a little bit. Like, how, uh, you know, how much th- can we how much can we say about that? Because you, you we've got this element here. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm I'm interested. Well, What's the, the premise? Hook? All right, I'll, I'll give you like what Wade always says. Nobody really knows what we can say, so I'm gonna lean back on Wade on this one. It's like this imaginary place, which you know, well, not imaginary. That you know, this legendary place that pops up from time to time in history. A special units team in Iraq actually walk into a jungle 
for some reason and then they get swamped by and they get killed and mowed down by something and then the uh nra no not the nra but the nsa not the national rivals association <laughs> the, the nsa uh they actually compose like uh, a team of scientists a priest uh the last survivor which is kind of a schizo leading the team um uh, and then a military special unit you know i kind of decked out with certain type of weapons like a guy with magnetic knives that come back to him like you know just different things so it's not all gunplay but they they're basically going into this this hot zone that's showing up on the map and nobody knows why and it's really like the concept of uh and everybody's kind of always came to this conclusion that it's like if oh it's a demon but if i can put a gun to it and shoot it is it a demon you know so it's a really a science versus religion type right. concept on the book so it's kind of deep it's got a lot of you know elements but it's got a lot of action too which is really different for me because it's more of an action graphic novel i mean i don't want to say it looks and reads like a movie but it, i'm having to pull a lot of stunts that you know are visually composites of movie beats you know good movie beats climactic battle i mean i mean because it is still the a group of people trying to get to a destination there's a lot of death in it too so and, and i'm able to draw like um nobody's saying hey this has got to be rated this so i mean i've been able to do violent stuff really gore stuff which is something i'm not really not that i can't draw it's just you know i did some of that with red lanterns and stuff but uh you know with me i always think like you can't do horror unless you add a little bit of humor in it that actually is something that i picked up from uh, del toro in a commentary if you can't make somebody laugh, then you can't make them cringe, you know. So you got to mix, you got to give the contrast in there. So it's kind of weird trying to make some things funny when bugs are crawling into people's brains, you know, and, you know, horrible things like that. And, and you know, and Wade's done like, I don't know, a really knockout job. Because, I mean, when you come on to some projects, it's like it's got a solid concept, but you've seen that concept fall apart so many times you know, in movies or comics or wherever. And, and Wade really made it sing. And I'm like, you know, and that may be why, you know, Thomas is really uh, making this division from legendary, you know, and pulling creators to, you know, make some concepts work, you know. So it's been a really pleasant experience. And that, that's really the most I could, probably most I could say about the concept of the, the book. concept sounds cool. It's like I, that's enough to get me psyched. Mysticism mixed together. Well, you know, and it's a philosophy thing. It's not just pulling triggers and, you know, shooting monsters. I mean, they really, it's like, well, the debate, you know, you know, say a prayer, you know, say a prayer. Why say a prayer? I mean, this thing's trying to kill us, you know, and like, you know, and then it's like. Prayer works, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Prayer, yeah. You just pray or pull triggers. You know what are you gonna Why do? Not do both. Do both. Well, that that's what the book is, though. Right. Is it's yeah. it's a little bit of both, but there's arguments within the team, and then you have the outside of the team, which are the military guys that are really just trying to keep these civilian specialists alive. And we have a Steve Jobs type guy that really is funny because he just loses it like completely but he's the smmartest guy on the planet I don't want to say like Tony Stark but he's supposed to be that Steve Jobs tech guy you know and then he just starts going batshit losing his when he sees things that aren't supposed to be there it's just kind of Wade really did a lot of great stuff with the mentality of characters so 
Yeah. You know, I'm sold too, Cappy. But you know how people try to like, you know, say they want to wait for the collection when you know there's single issues. Uh huh. With this, I think I'm gonna wait for the movie. Yeah, just wait for the movie, <laughs> no, right? Wait just for wait movie. for the movie. That, that's what people do. You know, <laughs> they're gonna stuff. movie wait. <laughs> just movie wait. No, there's not been any talks of that. But going back to Superman Earth One, yeah. Did you ever wonder why this wasn't the new Fifty Two Superman? I mean, that would have been really badass. Well, I mean, the easy answer is because. Grant Morrison was writing his origin story oh, yeah, already, Grant Morrison I mean, on action, and that was but... that was loaded in the the I'm gonna write this at some point, guys. Like yeah. canon for a while. I think I think this was kind of talked about somewhere, so I don't think I'm actually saying something I shouldn't say. But Dan had mentioned he had wanted to do Earth One before, and I think he may want to spin it out at Trinity, the weekly series. I think mm-hmm. he imagined imagined. Or he he didn't imagine, but he actually said somewhere on panel that he wanted the per- the point of Trinity was to eventually be Earth One. You know, at one time I was actually talked about coming on board, and they were thinking. I think this is at the first concept of Earth One that, and I was supposed to. A lot of people were supposed to do different ones, and they were going to be monthlies, and uh, I was supposed to do Flash, and then it never happened. And it may have been because of that Trinity Weekly series or something another, because that that seemed to manifest somewhere in between. I didn't really read it, uh, so I can't point and say, well, this is when it, you know. And then it came back at me again, and they were only going to do Batman and Superman, and they wanted me to do Superman and with JMS. And, you know, this was the second pass at me, and it... I don't want to say it fell through. It just didn't happen. You know, I was already working on other stuff, so I, I really didn't lose out or anything. When it came back again, I honestly never thought it would happen. And it was actually supposed to be just one graphic novel and then go into a monthly series and kind of be its own thing, you know. And it turned into a series of graphic novels and, you know, and it became what it it organically kind of came but why it wasn't the new 52 one i mean honestly i think like well this was first so they would just had to roll it into the new 52 but i think they felt i'm imagining just because the people i signed the books for at comic cons they're always like oh i don't read comics and they, they don't recognize any of my other work and they loved the one book and they said that made them like superman and they want me to sign it, and they don't care about anything else I'm doing. They don't care about anything else I did before, <laughs> and they go on. So I, 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 I'm guessing off of that that um, there is an audience that they hooked with that that they won't get to buy the other Superman books. Right. Well, I thought they, I guess, wouldn't get it to buy a monthly book, but I don't know. It just seemed to me like with New 52, the, um, the concept was we're going to make these characters more modernized and you know more relatable and then that's what that's what this is you know so eh. uh chicken or egg yeah yes for well i mean but if that became the new 52 superman i guess like then it, it wouldn't be an earth one graphic novel line then you know do you know I, why it was called earth one it was originally supposed to be uh you know it's supposed to be uh the 52 and it, it was gonna be number one in the 52 uh universe right i have the thing with um customers now where they're like 
this is Superman Earth-1 and Batman Earth-1. And I was like, they thought the 52 Earth they're reading is Earth-1 because there's a book called Earth-2 that's Earth-2. So, in their mind, the other, you know, 51 One titles suspect, are so. Earth-1. And it's like, what is what so Earth where is are this? we now? <laughs> what is the other? Well, and, and that and might I'm be like, where it goes back to the Trinity series right. I was talking about. But didn't that have to do with the multiverse? Yeah, multiverse? it had a lot of multiverse stuff. In uh, it. See, it this is where, like, I, I didn't read all this. <laughs> right. So, I can't answer your question. But I do remember it's supposed to be Earth-1 out yeah. of the whole 52 Earths. I guess just from a marketing thing, calling it Earth One when it's supposed to be. Yeah, I understand one is like the first number, so it's an entry point. But like Ultimate Comics, Ultimate and Year One was already taken, I guess. So you can't do Year One. So what what happened though? And it's probably like, and I'm looking at it from a branding point of view, but the actual title Earth One probably kind of manifests into a brand name, which is probably not what people wanted. You know, like I mean, I, I, that probably kind of happened by accident. Like, just the Earth One name, like, kind of become, like... I mean, that sounds a lot more appetizing than Earth 52 or Earth 36. Like, you know... Yeah, you couldn't sell it at Barnes & Noble saying any Earth other than Earth One. But I'm just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it kind of became a brand name. I think maybe they even moved Earth around just so they could use Earth One. Right. You know, so they could use that number. I I, I don't know. They moved Heaven and Earth. Yeah, Heaven and Earth. (laughs) I have a quick question about, like, because you were talking about, like, catching new readers and recognizing your artwork and stuff like that. I don't know your day-to-day, you know, workloads and what that goes on, but I feel yeah. like you put a lot of your energy into these graphic novels, but you still remain very visible on all these cover art. And I'm sure you have, I mean, do you have a lot of covers planned for this next year? I mean, like, it feels like a smart approach. It feels like a good balance that you can put. You know, I actually, it was a horrible balance. Uh, really? <laughs> well, it was a year ago. Um, when I went into volume two, like I intended with DC and it was very much talked about with multiple people that I, I was supposed to keep a cover assignment. And that was a very grave concern of mine. And it never happened. And then I ended up getting on Superboy right when I was finishing up volume two. See, what you see and what actually happened are like two different things. I finished <laughs> this thing. I finished this thing like in January. It's really been sitting around that long. So the covers you're seeing me do now are covers I got after uh, I finished volume two. Okay. So now that's the healthy mix is then I... You know, approached uh, Marvel and um, some other things. So, and let me sidestep this a second. Was uh, was the second volume of Earth One uh, delayed so that it paced better with the launch of the New Fifty Two? I don't know about that. I think I mean, somebody. I when, think when somebody threw that at me. I mean, yeah. My point of view. People tell me. You know, there's so many things people will tell me. They'll tell me the truth. They'll tell me. <laughs> they'll tell me the lie. They'll tell me things they want me to believe that are kind of not the truth, but not really a lie. But they're things that are supposed that that, that give them the product. It's like they're throwing a tennis ball at a wall, and they know that we're. It's like racquetball or something, and they want they you know, and they want it to bounce back this way or that way to the other guy. So they they try to knock it that way. <laughs> you know, and that 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 that's that's the that's how it, it happens when you know you work with so many people. But uh, I was told that one time, but I was also told that there was a book market 
around October, you know, the holiday season, right. that the first one did so well. Right. But there was there also, is. you, you also needed to give Batman Earth One that its window, too. So when you looked at that, the book market and Batman Earth One, and it was coming out at that time, and then you want to give it X amount of months to breathe. This was actually released exactly two years after Volume One, like on the exact <laughs> Wednesday of, you know. Oh, yeah, it was on the last Wednesday of October. It yeah. just happened to be five Wednesdays this October. It was the last Wednesday of October for 2010, 2012. So. And it takes, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be in the closet or hide on it, but it takes me about like a a year, like somewhere between 10, 10 months to a year to do a graphic novel, really depending on the content. You know, after volume one, again, it was done six months before anybody gave to go ahead on two so there's six months lost there right. so i mean you know nobody really knew how it would take so you know if they really wanted to do a volume two it was not official until one did well of course the biggest nerdy show related news to the second volume of earth two is that aaron and mike are civilian <laughs> casualties in in, se- in the second the volume parasite. of earth one do you usually draw people you know into it or into your work or is no a special case it was a special case it's just because you're so sexy man it's just you are a special case. aaron likes to say look you can even see the bottom of my tattoo so you it's not even a mistake you know it's me <laughs> well, you I, can. I, dude i did that i did that just i did that on purpose just so he would be in that situation but uh you know so because I, I i could hear it in my head like saying, see there's my tattoo man that's really me you know because you know you, you know when you're a kid you'd say oh i met Santa Claus and all the kids are like, no, you didn't meet Santa Claus. They're yeah. like, no, 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 it really happened. Goes, yeah. And then when you're in middle school, you're like, no, I had sex at summer camp with this chick. From yeah, Canada. but they're like, prove it. You know, the kid, <laughs> that, that asshole kid's always like, well, prove it. It's like, well, what do you, what do you, well, no how, more fingers. I, yes, yeah. I was going to say that joke, but oh, I, well, I, I can't. Can, I can't. Can can. You can, you can. I can't. I, I feel like we, we need to, we need to redo the dialogue on them, though. We need to, we need to make it actually Mike oh, and Aaron. We should have a contest. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. DC, well, it's not like you were written in. You were no, just no, drawn I, I, in. You were yeah, drawn I know, which is, which is why we need to scribble over you, it in Sharpie and, and make it. You could have been talking about your afro or something. It would you know, <laughs> just been you with an afro. Yes. <laughs> I think we should have a, a contest where we do them without. Oh, you sent me the stuff without any dialogue. You've already sent me the pages without any. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can just recap it. Yeah. And just, just hope you don't, you just don't get in trouble for yeah, that. Yeah, DC will know? say cease and desist, and I'll be like, oh, you the contest is over. You got a page without dialogue. It didn't come from me, though. Oh. There, there was hidden oh. stuff in here. Like, oh. I, I hide stuff all the time. Like, uh, Lisa, the new love interest, has, like, the star tattoos. The biggest joke I was going to say is is I, is I she has three stars. Ha, 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 ha. All right. But the reason before somebody says, oh, Shane Davis and slutty star tattoos is uh, the idea behind that was uh, she's the girl that can make Superman or make Superman see stars. All right. All right. Ah, oh, see. Ah, there you go. There you go. Now, you know, see, I, I just don't draw random stuff. I actually think about it. Um, you know, well, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about your design for Parasite, which is really uh, unique. He's got crazy mouth that uh, I'm I'm wondering how it works. You got sketches in the back of the book. Um, yeah. There's a couple versions in without he's got these big green like energy compartment or pustule things blisters. that come out of him. And yeah. S- and there's the most noticeable ones are like in his mouth. But then when he gets jacked up, he's He's got teeth on top of that. 
And so I, like, I was like, how, how does that work? No, they don't work at all. Actually, the teeth, <laughs> you know, that was the idea is just like, I just wanted to look more bestial. Like if he kept growing, maybe then it actually his mouth started to grow and he kept trying to mutate. Like maybe there was another stage. Like if he kept growing, like, you know, eventually he has a mouth and a working mouth again. But, uh, you know, uh, the way this has worked is uh, the real way it was worked is uh, there was uh they're energy receptors, and I, I always just wanted him to look like something you didn't want to touch. So I was like, you know, a blister that's about to pop, you know, so and you just finish. don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so, and actually in the fight scene, I always imagined Superman would use heat vision and pop one of them. You know, but instead, <laughs> instead I had him break an arm and I, I really veered away from that, like for some reason. And I kind of regret it now, but I was like drawing just the idea of drawing this blister just exploding like on his shoulder. And, and instead I broke his arm and then like Jim Lee before this ever printed broke somebody's arm in a book so it didn't seem as cool then but at the time i was like oh you break somebody's arm in a fight you know especially parasite trying to grab you you just break his wrist you know i thought that was kind of <laughs> cool the but the teeth like i said that that i kind of just wanted to get the parasite like kind of um, uh, what leech what, looking leech sort of. type well it's not a leech it's something else it's got a name but it's that thing you cut in half and an aura flatworm or a fish or something there's a mm. certain type of fish it's a parasite site has a mouth like that i don't know and then anyways he grows so you can actually see when he's charged because that was like one of the problems when i looked back at the animated show which i like bruce tim a lot but that show is kind of weird i don't know if you look back at it it's like superman always getting a new suit every episode yeah but it's like every episode he's like oh this is my deep water like he he, he starts swimming up underwater he has a suit it was like a toy Kenner thing. Was selling all, yeah, Kenner was it, selling all those neon Batman, so they needed some different suits for <laughs> Superman. Yeah, style. no, it was. It was, looking back at it. But anyways, the show was really good. I, it's just funny looking back at it. You can see every toy, you know, <laughs> yeah, throwing yeah. at you. Yeah. Looking back at the episodes with Parasite, he would drain Superman and then just be normal. Like, it looked just like he did before and then just be flying. And I, I visually didn't think that read that he was powered up. If you didn't see him flying or lifting a truck, you wouldn't know he's super powered from Superman. So and that, and it, it was much cooler in the the comics where he just gets turns into this disgusting wad of muscle. muscle and I like that was kind of echoed. In, yeah, in yeah, yeah. That that you know. So, but then there's this is the funny story. We had to add a scene to expand it a little bit, and JMS came up with the the kid scene where. He's beating up the bully and he bites the kid's ear and there's blood dripping from his mouth and all that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to give this guy a break. Talking about the mouth is uh, I wanted him to have braces. So I was like, this kid just never had a break, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and of course they're yellow braces, if you notice. So <laughs> I, you know, I just always, I, I, I always wanted, like, I always knew his sister was going to die. I always wanted this one shot where his sister's dead and he's trying to scream and open his mouth. And all he can do is get like that little opening, you know, I just thought it was, but, and that was a weird thing. I had the energy receptors, but because he's eating energy, it didn't make any sense that they weren't on the mouth. Because if you look at the designs in the back, I didn't draw them in his mouth at mm. first. So it, re- but it didn't really feel like he's consuming, like ingesting, without having those things in his mouth to me. 
that's how his mouth got kind of all screwed up. If you haven't checked this out, it's Superman Earth 1, and they're totally accessible. And whatever you didn't like about Superman probably isn't in there. Yeah, probably not. It is, um, and it is in, in all sense of the of the words. It is um, an update to Superman's origin story. It's everything that you've probably ever known and liked about Superman, and it's up to to modern standards of you know whether it's cell phone use or just simply what you expect from storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he uses a smartphone in here to see that there's a tsunami somewhere. It's like, it, but it's really weird. Like, I mean, he, he, I mean, how would you hear things all across the world? You know, I mean, sound wouldn't. Yeah, how inco- would you filter it I mean, out that would too. no, but I know, but that'd be like sound would have to be pulled down by gravity yeah. <laughs> to encompass the whole. No, it would. I mean, sound can't be affected by gravity right i mean i don't know man we're, we're gonna we're gonna do uh that caption contest it sounds like a great idea so uh yeah. so we'll have details on on how to do that it's not endorsed by either shane or dc nope no i'm not, no, I'm not it's, liable it's nerdy show <laughs> nerdy show comic show 24 7 until spider-man's dead right here so we got links on this episode's page to instructions about that and now that we've just come up with that idea we got to think about some rules and some prizes we don't have those yet but maybe me in the future will me in the future all right so that contest we mentioned here's how it's gonna go down we're gonna have the blank mike and aaron scene up on facebook and you are charged with writing in new dialogue whether put it in yourself or do sort of instructions and like a script thing that's up to you um you can post it on facebook or you can send even better and this is a more convincing argument for the scene this is probably what you should do. I'm highly recommending you do this. You edit the the dialogue into the blank picture because this, this thing is not going to have any word balloons on it already. You won't know what they said in the book unless you have the book. The goal is make it funny, make it fun. And uh, when you've got something, you can either post the link to it on the Facebook posting of these blank things where we've started the contest, or you can email it to info at nerdyshow.com. And, you know, make it funny. There's nothing, you know, nothing off the table. You can, I don't care what you say about me. I'm dead. Yeah. And uh, Mike is too. Yeah, we're all dead here. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's fine. We, we all like jokes. Mike likes jokes too. Tell some jokes. Uh, and for what you may, you may ask, what prize are you going to give me for going to hell? Well, uh, good, glad you asked. Well, you, while you're in limbo waiting, you can read both <laughs> volumes, hardcovers of uh, Superman Earth 1 signed by Shane Davis. And, uh, you know, it's 40-something dollar value. It, it's cool and they're signed and... You know, it's a good read. You'll enjoy it. So, And also, we've got a brand new Nerdy Show uh, shirt design, which you've probably never seen before. I don't think it's going to be up by the time we do this episode. So, uh, if you want a new, cool, awesome Nerdy Show logo shirt... I haven't shirt, seen it. You haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, it's very new and exclusive, and you'll be one of the first to get it. So, we'll throw that in, too. Uh, as for the expiration dates for this contest, well, we'll have that posted online. We don't actually know right now. <laughs> yes. So, probably a week from when it starts. That would be awesome. Yep. All right, so we're going to cut away to some music, and when we come back, we're going to talk about more comics awesomeness. What we got right now is a track called Kittens in the Moan by Schnabubula. Uh, Schnabubula is an incredibly accomplished and celebrated video game remixer with some serious prowess on the piano. Um, once you read Superman Earth 1 Volume 2, it'll make sense why we chose this particular track, Kittens in the Moon. Aww.
This is Daniel Way, and uh, I'm sorry to say you're listening to The Nerdy Show. So, Aaron, you were murdered recently. Yeah, and uh, now my claim to fame was I was murdered in the number one best-selling graphic novel of October, which <laughs> <laughs> which um, I was looking at the numbers for October, and uh, number one was All-Star, um, not uh, Superman Earth 1, I'm sorry, and uh, number two was Saga, and number three was... Um, Walking Dead Compendium Volume 2. And with these these books, you know, Saga being $10 but selling insane, and the other ones being higher ticket, graphic novel sales for October were 54% over last October. Whoa. 54% over last October. That's awesome. That's crazy. (laughs) So, um, you know, uh, traditional comic fans or whatnot might, you know, like or dislike the this rendition of Superman in Earth 1. You know, I... I'd argue anyone that says the art's not good because the art is pretty badass. And if he was on the, the regular Superman book, people would be like, yes, this is awesome. Inarguably, this book sells like a beast. Mm. And not just in the comic market, but also in the book market and is a New York Times number one bestseller. And in my way, what I was seeing and what Shane mentioned briefly in the, um, in the interview when he said that he um, has people that he signs for that haven't read anything else is... This original graphic novel format that people can pick up on Amazon or, or at Barnes Nova or whatever and know that they're getting a full story or whatever and that it's modern, blah, 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 is a way to consume these characters similar to a DVD or a movie. You know, it's like it's not a periodical format and it's not like volume right. two of an endless story of volumes that might change writers and get retconned and blah, blah, blah. So, Go, I mean, t- I think it was great. I think it was a great step up from the first one. I'm. I don't know, it's strange the whole the whole Earth One thing because the first one came out and it was a big national news story, but for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and then Jeff Johns' Batman Earth One came out and that was solid. I mean, a lot of Batman fans love that book. So yeah, it was like, it was drastically different and it was stellar. Right, and I feel like a lot of people were tuning. Maybe maybe that helped the sales immensely with this one. Is that a lot of people were tuning in again to see what they had next after Batman. So, I mean, I was impressed. I definitely thought it was a step up from the first Superman. My feeling Earth is that one. it's it's really good for what it is. And that is a straightforward modernizing and retelling of Superman's origin story with very little deviating significantly from what the common man understands about it. It's not like Grant Morrison's action comics where you're getting something that is wildly original, <laughs> as hit and miss as action our, comics our is. Or Grant Morrison's all-star Superman. True, yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, what, you're, what you're getting is everything you'd expect from Superman, but very well done. Since I'm, you know, a, uh, not the mainstream reader, since I'm, like, really into the Grant Morrison Superman stuff that's wildly different, it's kind of like, well, I, I love J. Michael Straczynski. The, like, the 12 is one of the best oh, yeah. graphic novelly is... books out in the longest time. And if you haven't read the 12, it's this kick-ass Marvel story with golden, before maybe even before golden, really, uh, age superheroes from World War II brought to modern times. And mm-hmm. it's Watchmen-esque in how grand it is. Um, so I expect a lot from Straczynski. And really, he, what he, he delivers what was required of him very well. But it's not what I'd expect from him. And it's not really what I'm looking uh, for for Superman. Well, here's what I would interject. I think that this is what, like like you said, um, mainstream public was very satisfied and it hooked them in a cool way, but this would make a great movie. This would make a great Superman movie on the screen, whereas, you know, what what we got with Superman Returns, in my opinion, was just kind of a modernization <laughs> of the other Superman movies. Right. Where this, I think, 
I think the general public would really dig this story as a big budget movie. Yeah, and but, you know, maybe it's what they'll go to for for reference to some degree. Yeah. I know Zack Snyder has an awful lot to prove. He was recently he was among three directors, three major directors who said that they were not working on the new Star Wars films. And <laughs> right. the, the response to everyone was, was, why did they ask Zack Snyder? That's awful. Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, the other people were Steven Spielberg, officially not working on it. Quentin Tarantino, officially not working on it. Zack Snyder, officially not working on it. But yeah. Zack Snyder has, I mean, 300 was really cool. Watchmen was visually stunning, though. I mean, that was, anybody would have fucked that up. Anybody would have. Fitting that into one movie, I think, is impossible. Yeah, and right. um, the thing for me that, that has me always defending Zack Snyder is uh, <laughs> Guardians of Gahul, the CGI Owl movie. <laughs> it is downright fucking incredible. Yeah, I've heard you guys talk about that. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I, I want to see the Superman. I want to see if he can pull it off. If not, I'll write him off forever. It could but, be. <laughs> I mean, he is not anywhere near the worst person they could attach to, to Star Wars. I mean, it could be like that nipple Batman guy. <laughs> Joel uh, Schumacher. Yeah, or uh, the Transformer dude. Michael Bay. Bay. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot worse, right? I mean, I mean, Snyder oh, might be hit and miss, but he has some hits. Yeah, and, and, he, and his heart's in the right place one way or another. I mean, say what you will about, like, his slow-mo shots. It doesn't... He still... <laughs> he still has a, has a commitment to doing things well. Right. So, anyway, aside from that, yes, it would make a good movie. So, the original graphic novel format, I like a lot. I think it's a good idea. And the Batman thing was well done. And I want to see Marvel do something like this. Well, I think Marvel's doing it... Uh, they're doing... You know, they got their own thing with their season one books. Which, ironically, they've released... Or by the end of the year, next year, they will have released eight already or something like that yeah, like they're way ahead of dc as far as putting these things out released by you know a-list town i don't want to belittle anyone working no. on them and they they haven't been marketed very well and they haven't been marketed like timed well like case um, in point i haven't read any of them i couldn't tell you the creative team's working on any of them and yeah. i don't even really know i, th- I think there's an x-men and spider-man but beyond that i don't even really know what they've done yeah like the Batman one was released with the movie, you know. Like yeah. here's an original thing with the movie, you know. Was there a Avenger one released with the Avenger movie? Was any of these solo characters in the Avengers released with the Avenger movie? Yeah. No, they, they, there was no real planning around it. Like I, I like the idea of the original uh, graphic novel, but it just doesn't seem like Marvel really put their marketing and their their big oomph behind it. Every time they've done an original graphic novel, I've really dug it with DC. They've done some Vertigo ones, and they've done some, some really good stuff. And I think that's a, a, a viable way to try to get new readers in, even more so maybe than new number one reboots, you know? Yeah. but Because, you know, those people aren't coming into comic book stores. So, I mean, what would be cool maybe is if Earth Ones continued as single issues to get people to come to the <laughs> comic book stores exclusively. Right. But um, if DC's listening, maybe they could do that. <laughs> but <laughs> Let's talk about uh, some books we're into right now that's come out recently that we think people should check out. Uh, I, I really dug that Bedlam number one. I thought Bedlam was cool. Bedlam Nick was Spencer good. horror basically is evil something you are or something you do. Can someone like the Joker truly be rehabilitated? First issue was pretty cool. You got to see him at his most sadistic and then this jump to the future where he's kind of somehow trying out being altruistic. I mean, right. it was, you know, a lot for a first issue. And it was extra-sized, which Nick has done with, like, with Morning Glories. He did extra-sized first issue for the same, you know, yeah. price. And it was cool. I really dug that. I don't know. Did you read it? I have read it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was long. I mean, like, well, no, I mean, like, they had, like, a lot of material in that book. I was impressed. It was dense. It was dense. It was a, <laughs> it was a thicky. I haven't checked it out yet. I mean, I, I like Nick Spencer's work. I just... I, it just wasn't grabbing it was me. Good. I flipped through it and I was like, I don't know. This doesn't look like 
the the how the other books just really grabbed you with whatever you're seeing just looks outstanding. Is it a limited series? What's the supposedly ongoing? Really? Okay. Yeah. You know, I I got 50 issues in and sold out almost immediately. Oh. I mean, his name <laughs> means carries something weight. at my yeah. store, yeah, because yeah. he signed at my store and whatnot. But issue two, I'm getting a thing where the cover is the Bedlam character with his hands in his hair, exact homage to Killing Joke with Joker doing that. Mm, it, it looked cool. That's cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm digging that. Uh, next week, there's the Great Pacific, which is already sold out through all the channels. It's a image Very book curious. by Joe Harris, who really hasn't done all that much, but it's the Great Pacific like trash crap that's bigger than Texas in the Pacific, and it's like one every man's junk is one man's treasure. It's like a cool little tag, because he's somehow doing something with that or he's somehow going to clean that up and make money off of cleaning that up as some kind of industrialist but first issue was pretty cool and you know maybe it can sell to some Obama voters that like sounds spin like off of the massive or something. a very very different uh, sort of comic story that sounds cool mm-hmm. yeah I, it got my attention and I, I ordered it pretty well I'm hoping that people it seems like people want to give new image stuff a shot because there've been so many hits lately yeah that you know, you want to try it out. I mean, obviously, Saga's rocking and rolling. The next issue of that comes out next week. Um, yeah, Saga, Saucer Country. Um, I love Saucer Country. Revival. Oh, yeah, Revival's mm-hmm. cool. It's yeah. just, you know, it's similar to other stuff, but still unique, you know? Like the rural, noir, kind of like, I want to say biblical, like Armageddon, but not Rapture, but maybe kind of like... <laughs> yeah, like the there's an ambiguity that, yeah. that sort of harms the psyches of everyone involved. <laughs> like, I guess maybe you couldn't do something where people are coming back from the dead in, in the Bible Belt without it having some biblical <laughs> it's, it's like It's like Fargo plus the, the fucking end of days. Um, I'm digging it. It's yeah. solid. And and also from Image in, in sort of the more mainstream variety, um, Glory by uh, Joe Keating and Ross Campbell is still absolutely outstanding. I know that orders aren't aren't quite good at a comic shop right now. That they're and I, they should be higher. I'm like the only person yeah. su- subbed on this. Yeah, we have two <laughs> subs on it. I've since ordered a few more for the shelf because I was getting some special orders because I sold reasonable on the collection, which is a ten dollar collection, and that that helped get new eyes on it but the problem with the glory and, and profit in those books is that they're rob liefeld properties and they're absolutely nothing like anything rob liefeld even imagined if he had dropped lsd this is a you good know? book <laughs> like, this, is, this is completely unlike anything rob liefeld could ever touch because it is a good book right um the the art is the something you've probably never seen in comics before like <laughs> lots of cool creatures and women of ridiculously realistic muscle proportions or or weight widely varied uh female um just body compositions and the dude's been doing it for a while he did the book wet moon he did um some stuff for that dc minx imprint and his art's just really really solid it's versatile it's weird and it's not like anything you've seen before and joe keating's story Mm. is a, a trans-dimensional war portrayed in this incredible way you just wouldn't have expected and like the fourth issue or so is is a flash forward practically 100 years in the future that sets the tone for the rest of the book because you know that things that look like they're going good are just going to end poorly it's dynamic here's the other thing though if glory isn't necessarily selling that well people in the industry are reading it because he's gotten an ongoing series from marvel now um morbius the living vampire is going to launch out of spider-man 699 so it's going to have a great launch wow i wouldn't i didn't see that coming yeah yeah. i didn't see that and he just got announced on a dc book now he's doing an arc on um dc comics presents or whatever they're calling that book those (laughs) and um uh with arsenal so it's like wow maybe i'll see 
something relevant about <laughs> Arsenal and not just, hey, he's a red green arrow with a baseball cap written by <laughs> Scott Lobdell. You know, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> Another thing that uh, is kind of surprising that it's out from Image because it just it looks way 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 indie until you see the image logo at the bottom corner it's a book called multiple warheads by uh brandon graham and uh issue one just came out recently it's a uh, one of four and it is it is a weird weird magical mystery tour in a post-apocalyptic world with it's like adventure time for adults basically where yeah. adventure time you know adults can enjoy it this is like the whole thing is for adults yeah, i mean the main character's name is sexica and uh, and her boy, she mm-hmm. her boyfriend's an organ smuggler, or no, she's an organ sm- smuggler, and she sewed a wolf's penis onto her boyfriend. So now he has dreams of the wolf's life, bef- of the whose penis it is. Um, <laughs> it's really weird. It's really cool. Here's what the I like about cool. it. You know, since it's it's image, it's a single issue for an affordable price that someone can be like, that's crazy. I want to sample this, and I put it in my top books, and it sold extremely well. Whereas if it was published traditionally how those type of books are published by Top Shelf or whatever, it would be an original graphic novel, but the price point would be so high that only people that really sought it out or people that were existing fans of that that artist would get. Whereas this, I could hand sell to any average stoner you know, that walks in my store that has like $3.50 in their pocket. Yeah, so. if, uh, if you can't find this book, do what you can to find it. If you like Weird, if you like Adventure Time, you should definitely check it out. Speaking of Adventure Time, uh, a new Pendleton Ward property has uh, just debuted <laughs> and in an unlikely place. You know, the Adventure Time comics have been awesome right now. Uh, in fact, the most recent issue of Adventure Time actually did some continuity edits that explained why in the pilot episode of Adventure Time, Finn calls himself Penn and um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a, ba- um, a sleeping bag that disappears in one shot and they explain what happened to it. Like, it's a good book. So the comics for Adventure Time are really awesome. So I guess it only makes sense that instead of debuting the next Pendleton Ward property in cartoons, it's actually debuting in comic books and then coming into cartoons. It's called The Bravest Warriors, and it's basically Adventure Time if it were a team book in space. Right. You will get the type of um, humor and randomness that you would, you know, enjoy from Adventure Time, but, you know, there's a whole lot more going on in space, a whole lot more. Like, you have the space sharks and all that crazy stuff. It's just... You know, it's not going to overlap with things you're going to have in Adventure Time because of the setting and and the genre. It's also so. slightly more adult. Slightly. Very, right. very slightly. Well, it, I would argue that the Adventure Time comic is slightly more adult than the Adventure Time cartoon. Definitely. You know? yeah. so, I don't know. Did you see Fetus well, Princess in the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, Adam? What, uh, what are favorite you into book right now? now most I'm holding it in my hand, Punk Rock Jesus. Yeah. Love Punk Rock Jesus. Uh, love what Sean Murphy's doing. I, it pains me that it's only six issues and there's only one issue left. But what is it? I mean, this it's like a child who's cloned from the DNA of Jesus Christ and him and his surrogate mother are tapped to be the next reality TV show product. And it's all Sean and, Murphy. It's and it's, it's set in the future. Yep. And, uh, and the characters are really in-depth. So, the art is awesome. I've, ne- I've never cared about a book that's only gone four issues in. Like, there's, <laughs> such, there's such a deep well with all these characters and... And there's just so many horrible things happening to the main character, this kid, that he has all the motivation to do something big, but you don't know what he's going to do yet. They they are making a monster, and the monster has the DNA of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that it's like a one step in the future dystopian future, 
but there is a messiah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> black and white, and he's such, such a strong, strong artist in this book. Black and white's punk rock. Uh, it is punk. <laughs> it's indie. I mean. And uh, the whole DIY thing that he had this idea, and he's an artist first and foremost, but... You know, he decided to write it himself, and he had, you know, he had some reservations with that. He did a good goddamn um, job. Well, I talked Fantastic. to him at San Diego Comic Con in the bar, was telling him how much I liked the first issue, mm-hmm. and he said, yeah, uh, he was thinking about having a, a writer, but he kept showing it to a, some of his, you know, peers and, and friends in the industry, and they're like, dude, you need to write this. This is right. you. This is your baby. This is your story. You should do this, and and he did, and it's solid. Um, kind of like how. Um, those dudes did Day Tripper, you know, Fabio <laughs> Moon and, and whatnot, and how great that was. Right. I mean, because I thought, oh, oh, is this just some art, you know, travel art log thing? You know, what what the hell is this? Because, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then I sat down and read it, and it was so deep and, and so wonderful, and I cried twice in it. And it's like, wow, you know. Sometimes the um, artists are so solid. I'm, I guess I'm used to, like, more of the mainstream superhero artists that think they can write. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And I've been burned by that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell when it's a passion project, though. Yes. When, you know, you can really tell. And, and uh, one thing I definitely want to plug is that uh, IDW is actually re-releasing, uh, or at least it seems that they're on the road to be to re-release all of the Ninja Turtles Adventures. That's Eastman and Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures, the book that was originally published by Archie and was mm-hmm. written by um, Steve Murphy, uh, the most prolific TMNT writer there is under the uh, nom de plume Dean Clarain. They released uh, a couple things so far. They did uh, a collection of the three-part series that basically readapted the script of the original cartoon show and they put out a book that also adapted some further scripts, like about four issues worth of scripts for the cartoon show and those are the books that sort of set up this this universe that starts with the cartoon show and then goes wild, wildly in another direction. <laughs> right. uh, starting with volume two, which just came out, you can jump in here if if you want to. When Steve Murphy comes on board and what you get is kick-ass iconic Ninja Turtle stories, ones you probably remember from when you were a kid. You get uh, the origin of Man Ray, the origin of Leatherhead, not Man the one from Ray. the cartoon, the one that was like a, a con artist from Louisiana who finds a crystal from space. Intergalactic Wrestling, with uh, where Ace Duck is not some like hokey weird pilot who gets turned into a duck. He's like a duck from outer space and a wrestler <laughs> with tiny ass wings uh, and wing nut and screw loose and a whole bunch of shit that uh, is quite awesome. And I'm really excited about these reprints because they've been collected before, but it's been over a decade and a half at least since that's happened. And after a point, they were never collected ever. So right. there's going to be some new ground broke here. Yeah. Whenever they would start collecting, get things back in print, it was always volume one of the regular Ninja Turtles. And how many times did that come in print in different formats? Yeah. You know, it's just so cool that these deeper things are in print. And I remember when when IDW bought it, and or you know, IDW got the publishing rights from Nickelodeon, Viacom, whatever. And the first issue came out, and to say the least. Uh, Cap and Mike were a little underwhelmed by it, you know, and um, I was trying to consult them like, hey, hey, these they're going to collect everything. All the collections are going to come out, you know, and, and we have heard some nods that they might um, continue the same way they did with G.I. Joe and Transformers, the Mirage universe, maybe. Or, or or the Archie universe for that yes. matter, yeah. which has oh, a it has an ending that uh, that was never released and solicited twice. I'm I'm excited about the possibilities that this holds, and if you love Ninja Turtles, this is coming from a connoisseur, guys. This is the best Ninja Turtles there is. Uh, I like it more than the Mirage universe. This is my favorite. It starts here. It's 
originally geared towards children, it very quickly stops. <laughs> so, uh, one way or another, it's still something that you can enjoy no matter what age you are, and it's cool as hell. I want to say one thing about IDW. The My Little Pony comic is coming out later this month. Yes. And mm-hmm. what I read was when they were talking about 90,000 uh, units sold of that, that was before the final order cutoff. It has come in now over 100,000 and is the first time since 2003's Dreamwave Transformers that a non-top four publisher has broken the top ten for the comic sales. That's so, incredible. Triforce Mike was right. That's <laughs> he was crazy. Right. If, That's you, cr- if you haven't read Mike's article on why the, entitled Why the Hell Isn't There a My Little Ponies comic where mm-hmm. he explains why IDW needs to pick up ponies and put out a comic. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need to uh, you need to read this. We'll link to it on this episode's page. And uh, basically, Mike was right, and <laughs> in, in the biggest way possible. And it, it outsold almost crazy. every comic that month. The the final numbers aren't in, but the word was over a hundred thousand. And it's the first time a non premier publisher broke into the top ten since two thousand three with Jesus. Transformers. When is, it, when is it coming out again? It's coming out uh, the twenty eighth of November. Okay. Wow. Have you guys seen the uh, Doctor Hooves variant? Yes. No. It's uh, it's got Doctor Who's that background Doctor Who parody character from the show, yeah. and then also some kind of weeping angel uh, like fountain statue in the background. <laughs> I saw one. I think Good. I saw one with Doctor Who's and Derpy both on the cover. Oh, really? And I'm like, wow, way to take two fan favorite background <laughs> characters and put them on the you know a variant cover. Go go team IDW. <laughs> you know, like. All right, guys. Before we go, I want to give some shout-outs to uh, some of the guys supporting Nerdy Show this month. we got a support drive going on right now, which is themed around Ghostbusters Resurrection, our Ghostbusters role-playing podcast that we recently uh, put up on the show. They actually did this show um, before we discovered them, or they discovered us, or vice versa. So you can listen to all of Season 1. It's a finite story. It's up on Nerdy Show, and they're about to start recording Season 2. So what we've got is, uh, you know, Nerdy Show, we're listener-supported, we require money to survive. We, we need your funds. If you like what we do, please support us. Even a dollar gets you awesome perks sent to you in your email. Uh, but if you want, you can also support us and participate in this uh, Ghostbusters support drive we've got going on, which is you can pitch them a spook or haunting for the Ghostbusters to bust. I got one. What is it? Uh, Triforce Mike's ghost bike. <laughs> if you want to see Triforce Mike's ghost bike be something that the Ghostbusters have to bust... <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, then, then you should fund Aaron's idea. All it takes is a dollar, and you can get it on there. Genius. <laughs> so far, we've got um, the haunting of Halifax Harbor uh, by Mauron, uh, which is um, based on some actual history. In 1971, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, a French cargo ship loaded with munitions and explosives collided with another ship in the harbor and exploded. It was the largest recorded explosion in history before the testing of nuclear weapons. Around 2,000 people were killed. So he wants the bust the Ghostbusters to go bust that problem. Then also we got Harvey the Hamster's Half Hour of Horror by Archaeus. The plot is this. Uh, the children's show, Harvey the Hamster, is being haunted by the ghost of Mr. Richard, the deceased host of the classic children's TV show, Mr. Richard's Land of Imagination. Think the ghost of Mr. Rogers with the ability to make his land of imagination manifest in our plane of reality. Also, gotta give a shout out to Stuart Edney, who supported us and didn't say where he wanted to go go towards, and maybe just sending money to the show. Maybe he missed on doing the Ghostbusters thing. I don't know, but thank you, man. We really, really appreciate it. And also, we reached our support goal last month because we had a different drive then and uh, on the last day after the devastation of Hurricane Sandy and one of our correspondents Lefty Lucy the uh, former queen of Coney Island uh, she was telling me about how busted up Coney Island was uh, we put 
all of the proceeds for the last day of that drive towards uh, the rehabilitation of Coney Island. Unfortunately, uh, though we promoted it, only one person responded, but I got to give a shout out to Big Bad Shadow Man who supported that and uh, helped us donate some money to Coney Island. So if you like the show, please support us. And if you want to see a list of the perks, we got them online at nerdyshow.com slash support perks. If you want to know more about the Ghostbusters thing, just go to our front page and or go to nerdyshow.com slash Ghostbusters to check out that show. Now, Let's uh, take this out with the song, I Kill Giants, One Year Later Remix. It's a track by Adam Warrock. He released his album, You Dare Call That Thing Human, about a year ago. Uh, and one of the tracks featured was I Kill Giants, based off of the uh, Joe Kelly book of the same name. A death of a relative of his was what charged the writing of the song, and uh, you can read the full story over at Adam Warrock's website, which we'll link to. This particular track was remixed by our buddy Vince Vandal, whom you may remember from the Marvel vs. Capcom remix contest because he submitted amazing beats and more than anybody else. And uh, this beat heavily borrows from Chrono Cross in a very soulful way. So I hope you enjoy this track. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Aaron. Good night, I'm Adam. I know that 
Life's confusing, it rips from you the only things that ever seem to matter I know you've had it with the pain, I know you've wanted to scream and swing blindly Try to kill all the shadows cause that's all that you see I know you're not old enough to understand whether you call it God's plan or fate or cruel luck I know you're sick of hospital bedpans and cat scans I know you're tired from lack of sleep and feel so screwed up I know you think you can't go on without me, let me tell you that I felt the same way back when I was your age these respirators and machines just as well as you do Hospital ice cream, carrot cake, I know the taste But you're stronger than you'll ever know Never doubt that, never forget who you are How life is never about How hard you can swing a hammer How big a noise you can make It's just about how you survive when all the hopes run out You kill giants Cause that's how you fight back in life You kill giants When the shadows drown out the sunlight You kill giants Bigger they come, harder they fall Even when there's no giants at all Yeah, I kill giants When I swing the Kowaleski and crush Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is brought to you by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the Avito branch of Play and Train, and listeners like you. If you enjoyed what you heard, support Nerdy Show by telling a friend, or better yet, pick up some Nerdy Show merch at the Nerdy Show store, or donate directly for secret nerdy goodies. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, Dungeons and Doritos, comics, videos, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store. For the latest news and updates, follow us on Twitter at Nerdy Show or friend us on Facebook and get social with other Nerdy Show listeners at nerdyshow.com slash forums. Contact us with questions or comments at info at nerdyshow.com. Take